Broadcasting live from the Georgia World Congress Center. For FinTech South 2022, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by Atlanta Blockchain Center. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, broadcasting live at 2022 uh, FinTech South Conference. I am so excited to have with me right now uh, two folks from Tax FinTech Society, Glenn Servati and Don Campbell. Welcome. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, thank you. Well, I know you just released your report, the TAG Report 2022 Georgia FinTech Ecosystem Report. Tell us some of the key learnings. What would you learn? Well, this has been a labor of love for Glenn and I for probably the last 10 or 12 years. We used to do one every two years, and now we've kind of updated it more on an annual basis. And the reason for that is the data about the ecosystem is changing so dynamically that we really kind of need to keep our fingers uh, on the pulse of what's going on. Today, there's uh, over 210 fintech companies that are either based in Georgia or have a large Large presence here in Georgia. And when we look at that presence, there's over 42,000 employees that uh, call themselves fintechers. And uh, so our job is to kind of monitor what's going on, take a look at the recent trends, and report on them. And I'll take that a step further. I mean, if you go back to when we started this, I believe our count of companies was in about the 75 range. Correct. And when was that when you started counting? I'm trying to recall. Was it 2010, maybe? 2010. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, the thing is, I think two things have happened. One, the ecosystem has just exploded here dramatically. We've always had that strong foundation. But I think the, you know, the periphery in terms of outside those kind of key companies that have always been here as the foundation just continues to grow, which is wonderful. But there's a lot of companies that were hiding in plain sight that just as we became you know, more visible, this is a crowdsourced initiative. There's no official source that we're trying to make it as official as possible, what we do. Uh, but we're trying to make sure that these uh, companies get the, uh, the attention they deserve. And as Don mentioned, you know, we turned it into an annual thing. This literally just came off the presses on Monday. We already know of two more companies that we've added to the list. So we've got, a, we've got an ongoing updated version uh, on, on our georgiafintech.org site as well and encourage people to go there and you can download the full report there too. Now you mentioned 210-ish um, firms that are you know in the fintech space. How has the, the pandemic, was that a dramatic shift? Did it go up dramatically from last year or the year before to now or was it gradual? It was, uh, it was probably gradual but somewhat exponential. If we go back into the history of the fintech community here, it goes back to actually 1987 when the, uh, the local government passed uh, a law that enabled uh, pr- payment processors to come into Georgia and gain uh, financial benefits from that. So as Glenn said, we had about in 2010, we had about 75, and all of a sudden that began to ran, ramp up as fintech began to broaden out in terms of its scope. So it may have started with payments, but then expanded into lending and into uh, security software, uh, identity software, and the like. So that broadened the perspective a lot. And you know, to the point about the number of companies, I wouldn't say that the, I'd say the growth in the number of companies has been gradual. The activity within those companies probably was more exponential driven by the pandemic. Perfect example of that came yesterday. The, uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, the, our, our Tag FinTech Hall of Fame recipients, uh, Cabbage, Cabbage, Catherine Petralia and Rob Frowine talked about the fact that they provide small business funding. 
And they're now owned by American Express. They were bought uh, toward the end of the pandemic, actually. I shouldn't say the end, but the latter stages of 2020. Um, but in the course of the pandemic, because they were in a position to really facilitate the PPP loans and helping get the funding out to small businesses, they extended as much funding in about a six-month period as they had in the prior five years or seven years combined. That just gives you a sense of the exponential growth that happened because of the pandemic and the need for this kind of uh, service in the space. Now, are you seeing uh, the you know larger firms kind of um, some of the executives spinning off their own firms, and you're seeing kind of a cluster organically grow around you know kind of the these larger entities, and uh, you know kind of spinning off these smaller startups? Exactly. Um, if you look at the large ones that like a First Data or a Tesis or Global Payments, all these companies recently have merged. Pfizer have acquired First Data, uh, FIS acquired WorldPay, uh, Tesis and Global Payments merged, and there was a uh, kind of spin-out activity uh, as executives or people within the organization simply had bright ideas, saw opportunities, and 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 invested either on a bootstrapping basis or went for outside capital to start making that happen. But they're still staying in Georgia? Yes. yes. Uh, another great example, and not to, not to keep plugging Rob Frowine at Cabbage, but uh, Rob and Catherine just started their new company, and they just kind of uh, made themselves a little bit more publicly visible, a company called Keep Financial Technologies that deals with employee retention. Uh, they raised their first seed round from Andreessen Horowitz Capital, and their new, fund, their, their, their new business, they're partnered again with this one, is again based in Georgia. There's lots of examples like that I can think of. Greenlight. Uh, Fiserv, one of their two principals, Tim, uh, uh, Tim Sheehan, was uh, was based uh, out of uh, Atlanta with uh, with Fiserv before he. That's where he got the idea. If we go back about five years, um, you know, the 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 uh, ecosystem was growing very organically via these very large companies, and. Uh, when we looked at, at where the activity was happening in the fintech industry, a lot of people would say, well, it's in San Francisco or it's in New York or it's in Boston or some other place. And we've been pushing, Glenn and I have been personally pushing for a long time, that this is somewhat of the epicenter of innovation because a lot of those innovations have occurred there. But more importantly, this is a point that Glenn and I have made over the years, is that if you were a young startup company, let's say you were out of Denver and you uh, invented something and you wanted to bring it to market. The best place to bring it to market was here in Georgia or specifically Atlanta because these larger companies had the footprint not only in a national but an international basis and they could uh, make these products kind of successful somewhat overnight as long as they adopted uh, that technology. And I think that's part of Georgia's secret sauce is that there are so many enterprise-level companies that are willing to collaborate with these startups and that it's very collaborative. It's not kind of this uh, zero-sum game that in maybe other markets it's more cutthroat. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think San Francisco and Silicon Valley would take credit for taking that similar approach. But kind of as Don said, a lot of the companies, when people think about places like San Francisco, you got Uber and Lyft and PayPal and folks like that. Because they market to the end consumer, so many of the businesses here in Georgia tend to be, not necessarily B2B, but they're working behind the scenes helping the existing financial infrastructure work better. So I think that's one of the reasons. And, you know, that's why Greenlight, which is one of the success stories recently here, they've partnered with other places. They've got funding from Truist. They've got funding from TTT. 
TTV Capital, which is also uh, local here. But one of the reasons that they're a little bit better known is because they actually have a outbound marketing campaign that advertises on TV. You don't hear about a lot of the other companies, like Cabbage didn't advertise on TV. A lot of the other ones that uh, are pretty prominent in the space, people don't spend a lot of time. I find it interesting that Fiserv, you know, is probably best known now because they've got the branding rights on the Fiserv Forum with the Miami Bucks, which gave them some more visibility. But They've got relationships with pretty much every bank, the vast majority of banks in the U.S., but there's no reason the end user consumer needs to know that. Now, from a standpoint of trends or looking ahead, are you seeing the just the growth of the Georgia scene spilling over to other cities in the southeast? Are you seeing that, uh, you know, kind of this rising tide is lifting all boats? I think in general it is lifting all boats, although I think we continue to remain the epicenter in terms of funding and in terms of innovation. Uh, so we're seeing some activity in Charlotte. Uh, mm-hmm. We're seeing activity in uh, uh, you know, different parts of Florida. So a little bit in Birmingham as well, but I mean again, it's a little like you said. There's you know, it's collaborative. There's there's no reason for us to be in competition. Uh, there's there's plenty of uh, you know opportunity for the rising tide to, to lift all boats. Now, any trends that you're seeing in the fintech space that we should keep our eye on in the year or two coming? There, there are tons of trends. So if you look at, you know, the, the concept of, of the ecosystem was originally based around payments, there are now probably, you know, fairly a deep dive into oh, probably 10 or 12 verticals and horizontally going out beyond that. Uh, so everything from, you know, buy now, pay later to, uh, well, Glenn, don't you? Well, the one that comes to my mind is InsureTech. If you think about kind of going outside the general payment space, we did a sidebar within this report. We took kind of a different approach this year, and we've got uh, contributions from a variety of different uh, subject matter experts in the periphery of, you know, the different areas of uh, where we've kind of branched out. Uh, there's a great report on uh, the InsureTech space, which is really growing rapidly. That's where a lot of the technology, if you think about one of the most established long-term industries that still is run on a relatively traditional basis, and I guess some would say ripe for disruption, would be insurance. And that's where a lot of the technology uh, you know, kind of uh, thought leadership is, is going right now. So if somebody wants to get their hands on the report, what's the best way to do that? Well, if you're here at the conference, uh, there are printed copies here available. Um, otherwise, you go to the TAG website, which is tagonline.org, uh, and then go to the FinTech Society, and you'll find uh, the uh, PDF versions there. And I'll give you a shortcut, too. GeorgiaFinTech.org will get you kind of without having to kind of navigate all those pages. But please do check out the rest of the TAG site as well. Not only is the actual PDF of the report there, but that's where you'll find our ongoing listing of the, num- of the companies, both broken up publicly and privately, and all the transactions. We had over a billion dollars in funding transactions that have taken place over the course of the last year and a half, and we continually update that list as well. And there's so much opportunity in this space, and, uh, and especially exciting is that Georgia FinTech Academy, where it's part of now the university system uh, so that they can get more, I'm sure, because they're hungry for employees, right? you got to train your own. Right. And that's something that uh, TAG has been working with the the major corporations uh, here in Atlanta and throughout Georgia. There are so many universities, a lot of them have a technical orientation. And the key thing that the technology side of fintech needs are the people who can uh, take the business ideas and put them into technology, uh, otherwise known as simply coding. 
Right. So it's important to kind of grow our own, right? And to keep them here. Yes. And that's another one of those places where I'd say, to some extent, the secret's out about Georgia, because, I mean, you see more and more companies coming here, specifically because of initiatives like the technology, uh, the, the Georgia FinTech Academy, because we have this robust and diverse talent base. I mean, Visa, Capital One, Cash App, which is part of Square, have all announced that they're moving more people here to take advantage of that uh, that robust uh, talent base. In addition to that, it's key technology companies like uh, Microsoft and uh, um, and Intel uh, are moving in, and obviously the technical side of fintech needs all that infrastructure to work with. And and yeah, exactly correct. There's no reason to limit ourselves to the true fintech companies, and the line blurs all the time. People say that at some point fintech will stop being a relevant term right. because it'll just be part of everything. Right. Uh, same with it's just like technology, right? Like at first there were technology companies. Now everybody's a technology company. Exactly. Yes. And what they're saying, too, in the marketplace is that all companies will become fintech companies <laughs> one way or another. Right. Because they'll use electronic payments to conduct their business. Well, Glenn and Don, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thanks for giving us a chance. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll be back in a few at Fintech South 2022. This episode has been brought to you by Atlanta Blockchain Center, the catalyst for Atlanta's emergence as the premier blockchain innovation hub globally through cultivating entrepreneurship, inclusivity, and education. To learn more, go to atlblockchaincenter.com.